You're listening to an audio resource from Vineyard Church of the Rockies in Fort Collins, Colorado. We are joining God's mission, transforming all things, and you're invited. To learn more about us and how you can connect, please visit votr.church. Good morning, Vineyard Church. And if you're just tuning in, let me say it again. Happy New Year. We are so grateful to be able to spend some time with you in the privacy of your own home or wherever you're viewing this. We are so thankful to be spending the New Year with you. If you're turning in or tuning in, excuse me, for the very first time, my name is Jeff. I'm the lead pastor here at the Vineyard, and we are online only this week, but I want to remind you before we get too far into the message that next week we're going to be back in person. Of course, very excited to see all of you, very excited to worship together, Um, but again, very grateful, very thankful that you're inviting us into your home this morning. Whether you're new or a longtime member at the Vineyard, I just want to start the new year by telling you something I'm sure you already know, but we really love you at the Vineyard Church. We are so grateful to be your pastors. I, I can speak on behalf of our entire staff that we are so thankful to be doing church with you. You know, each and every one of us on the team, we feel called to hold the positions that we hold. We feel like God has invited us into this role, and we are so grateful that we get to link arms together and seek transformation together, not only for our own lives, but for our our city and, and beyond. And so thank you, thank you, thank you for participating in the life of the local church, and we're humbled and grateful to be doing this with you. Well, as I begin, I I just want to share a quick announcement for everybody, uh, because not only are we in person starting next Sunday, but there's an important thing that I want to share with you. We have a really big meeting coming up in just about 10 days. It's called Vision Night. If you've been to Vision Night before, then you know what I'm talking about. But if you've never been to a Vision Night, we want to invite you to come this year. It's going to be on Wednesday, January 11th. It'll be right here in the sanctuary starting at 6.30 p.m. And we would love to have you join us. My guess is, my my hunch is that if you're willing to wake up on New Year's Day and join us for worship at home, then Vision Night is also for you. It's a special night because we we share all of the goals and objectives and vision for the upcoming calendar year, and we've got some really big things to share with you. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but our church has been growing and we're at a pinch point in a couple of different areas. And we really feel like the Lord has laid some exciting things on our heart. And so come January 11th, uh, right here, 6.30 p.m. Come ready to sign up for things, participate, engage, pray, and hear what God is going to do in our midst in the coming 12 months. Vision night coming up. You won't want to miss that. Well, as I transition into the message, um, I just have to say, I really love this time of year. New Year's and all of the, the turning of the page, kind of the new beginnings. This time of year is always really, really exciting for me. And I know there's like all kinds of naysayers out there. All kinds of articles are going to be written about how New Year's resolutions don't really work and they only last about 30 or 40 days. But you just got to block out that negative noise and you need to embrace the season because this is a time of year that honestly is perfect for reflection and prayer, sitting with the Lord and asking about who we want to become in the coming year. And it's true, I think, for all of us that from time to time, we just need to hit that reset button, you know, and we need to be able to start afresh and start anew. And, and so I love New Year's because it really does 
symbolize, even in our calendar, our natural rhythms of life, an opportunity to embrace the new beginnings that God has for us. This is probably not going to come as a surprise for very many of you, but when I think about New Year's resolutions or when I think about goals for the upcoming year, I really like big goals. I really like big ideas and I, I love thinking about the big picture. I always have, ever since I was a small child, my parents would tell me that I always had these really big ideas, these really big thoughts. And so this is exciting to think about those things. You know, every year, Every year, this time of year, I, I think about different goals that I want to see happen in my life. And I, I write them down. I share them with my family. Natalie and I almost always have a goal for our marriage. You know, what do we want to see really grow uh, between us as, as a married couple? I, I set goals for me as a parent. How do I want to grow as being a father, a father to my three children? And how can I be the best dad that I can be this year? I write goals for my prayer life, preaching. I, I write goals about how I'm going to approach my finances and maybe things that we can do as a family. And of course, I always like to set physical goals, right? Physical goals on, on how I'm going to exercise and how I'm going to approach the calendar year. And, and they're usually a bit crazy. They're usually, I usually kind of set these really big ones that press the limits of my physical capabilities. I have uh, an old coach from my high school days that I've just, it's funny what you remember, right? But the quote that I remember from him is he would always yell at us. He would always go, Faust, don't listen to your mind. Your body is capable of amazing things. And then we would run another lap or we would do another drill. And it was his way of motivating us. And now my personality responded really, really well to him. And we gelled, we had a sense of chemistry. And so I've always remembered that quote. And I've always used that as I press into the new year and think about some of my physical goals. So I've done things like a triathlon or, you know, both Natalie and I have completed marathons. And I remember one year I set, set out to, participate in the longest nonstop canoe race in the world. It was a really uh, bad idea to do that. I almost died. I have stories that I could share with you, but it was 340 miles of canoeing. I accomplished it in about 74 hours and I was delirious by the time it was over just from the lack of sleep. And my arms were black and blue for weeks, just from all the broken blood vessels and bruising of, of overuse. I mean, it was it was both awesome and horrible all at the same time, right? It's like pain that, that hurts so good in a, in a strange kind of odd way. But I love pressing the limits on these kinds of things. But when I look back, I realize those memories are starting to fade. No doubt my endurance is dwindling. And what I thought those things would do for my heart or my life, although they were good and although they have impacted me and allowed me to embrace my limits in a new kind of way, the truth is they didn't have nearly the impact on my soul, the deepest parts of who I'm becoming as I thought they would. And that is exactly why I love our passage for today. Our passage for this morning is one of the best ways I think we can start the year off together. It's a passage from 1 Timothy chapter 4, and it's a great reminder as we press into the new year together. So let's read together 1 Timothy 4, starting in verse 8. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. 
This is a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle for our hope is in the living God who is the savior of all people and particularly of all believers. Teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. Uh, you can see why we picked this passage for today. This is just a great passage to start our year together. As we press into the new year, a passage like this just reminds us. It, it says it very plainly. Physical training is good. Physical goals are good. Press into those things. A, a healthy body is, is good, but training in godliness is even better. There's a goal that surpasses just these temporary or earthly things. We're talking about eternity when we talk about training in godliness. And I, I love verse 10 too. I mean, it's, it's kind of an interesting verse. Let's read it together one more time. Listen to it as I, as I read it out loud. This is, how, this is how it goes. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle. If you write in your Bible, those would be two words to underline, work hard and struggle. For our hope is in the living God, who is the savior of all people and particularly all believers. Think about those two words or those two phrases, work hard, struggle. I guess it's three words, work hard, struggle. I mean, how do these words even fit into the teachings of Christ? I, I thought the life of Christ was one that was filled with grace. And, and of course he promised us that our, the yoke would be easy. The burden would be light. How does this fit inside of the teachings of Jesus? Especially, I mean, your translation might say labor and strive. To me, that doesn't sound like yoke is easy and burden is light. But of course, we talk about this all the time at the vineyard, that the kingdom life does have some tensions. It's not either or, it's both and. Yes, we are saved by grace, but it's our works that display that salvation. Yes, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And of course, everything we have was given to us by the grace of God. But still, we work within our spiritual lives. We labor and we toil to seek that personal transformation. And if you think about it and you think about the yoke being easy and the burden is light, we are yoked to Jesus. And I can promise you that our burden is lighter. Our yoke is easier than his. I mean, aren't we all a little glad that we didn't have to die on the cross for all of humanity in comparison to his yoke and his burden? It is much easier for us, no doubt. Even when you dig into the original language, when you look at the Greek in verse 10, I mean, it's, it's fascinating. These words are a really good depiction of what Paul is trying to communicate. To labor and strive, to work hard. The original language even gives you this idea that you are going to toil and, and you are going to struggle towards this spiritual transformation. Now, here's my one qualifier for you this morning that you can take this too far. You know, someone listening out there right now, you, you might have a personality bent a little bit like mine and you're hearing this passage, and you're already crafting and creating all kinds of ways that you can punish yourself in a spiritual transformation. And trust me, that is not going to work. That's not the point of this text. You can pump the brakes on that kind of response to this passage a bit, but just pump the brakes a little bit. I mean, don't go into cruise control. Because what Paul is saying is, yes, it's all by the grace of God, but there is a reality to us disciplining and laboring and, 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 and working our faith out in our own lives so that we can continue to follow him and press into the spiritual transformation that he has promised each and every one of us. Paul is teaching us, I think very clearly this morning, 
that in addition to all the yearly goals you would normally make, in addition to all the New Year's resolutions, all the physical goals and all the fitness things that you might press into, those are good and those are even, even worthwhile. But don't forget to pray about how you can train in godliness. Don't forget to add spiritual disciplines to your life. And don't forget to incorporate some of these ways of working in partnership with Jesus so that you can become everything that he has created you to be. Because of this charge for us in 1 Timothy 4, because of this charge in the New Testament, then I want to invite you to prayerfully consider a powerful step that you can take personally, a powerful step that we can take together as a church here at the beginning of 2023. And that step would be signing up for Holy Hustle. I want to invite you to sign up for Holy Hustle this morning. We did something very similar last year. It was called Holy Sweat. This year it's called Holy Hustle. And it was so impactful that we decided that we would do it again. And we would create another plan that we can press in both individually as well as together. Here's what's going to happen when you sign up for Holy Hustle in 2023. First, you're going to get emails from me every couple of days. I won't bombard your inbox, but every three or four days, you'll get an encouraging email from me just to help you stay on track. I mean, all of us, even the most disciplined person can slip from time to time. And so these emails will just serve as a, as a, a gentle reminder that we're pressing into training in godliness together. We also have a Bible reading plan. It's a simple plan. It's three chapters of the gospels every single day. We're going to start in Matthew one, and we're going to start today reading three chapters if you love the, the paper Bible and, and doing it your own way, then by all means, what, whatever works for you, do that. But we also have a group on the Bible app. If you've never used that, you can download it. We have a group together where we can all join in and we can sign up for that plan and it will just keep us on track while it also asks us a devotional question each morning. In addition to the three chapters of the Gospels each day, which, by the way, if you commit to that, you'll read all four Gospels in the month of January, which is a great way to start the year together. But we also pick a book to read together as a church. I've, I've got our book here. It's called The Gospel Precisely. I want to really recommend that you go out and get this. It's definitely worth reading. And, and I'll just save you the emails right now. You don't, you don't have to tell me uh, every phrase or every sentence that you disagree with. I don't agree with every single word in this book either, but it's a great book, fantastic theology, and it will really challenge you to press towards God and live your life for him in 2023. We even have things on Marco Polo and you can follow me on Instagram. We're going to do some fun things around social media this year. And so if you're on any of those platforms, we would encourage you to find us and sign up for those as well. But I think this is going to be a powerful, powerful way to start the year together. You know, looking back at last year, one of my favorite stories from doing this together last year was talking to a married couple who both signed up for this and they would start their day by reading the scripture out loud to one another. I thought that was a, a beautiful picture and a beautiful idea because not only are they training in godliness individually, but they're growing together as a couple. And, and when you're reading the gospels to one another, it's, it's hard to start your year off on the wrong foot. That's a great way to build a solid foundation for the upcoming year. Final thought on Holy Hustle that some of you may want to consider is also that you may want to consider fasting something this month. 
You know, I, I know intermittent fasting is like all the rage right now. It's gone viral and everyone's talking about all of these benefits. But I, I have to remind you that before intermittent fasting was a, a thing that Hollywood loved, it was a biblical discipline. Fasting is a spiritual discipline that can help us grow in our hunger and our thirst for God. It's, it's quite simple, really. We, we just deny ourselves some form of food or drink, and we dedicate um, our hearts in a new kind of way to growing in hunger and thirsting for the, the true things that Christ has for us. I, I want you to pray about that. And it's true, I think, that for some of us, like it, it could be dangerous to go too extreme with fasting. There, there are probably some physical or mental health conditions that would not be a good idea for you to fast in an extreme kind of way. But I, I bet you could try something. I, I imagine all of us could try something. Maybe you could give up sugar and fast sugar. Or you could give up fast food. You could fast uh, alcohol for the whole month or whatever it may be. Some of you may decide to fast uh, food and, and drink over a longer, more extended period of time. But I would encourage you to pray about that and ask God what he has for you. And people this time of year do whole 30. They have all kinds of diets that they're starting. But again, if we allow the words of Paul to kind of uh, ruminate within our minds and our hearts, what would it look like to approach fasting through the lens of training and godliness. Natalie and I have started what's called a Daniel fast. And you could join us in the Daniel fast if you would like. If you don't know what a Daniel fast is, you could Google it, or I guess better yet, maybe you could read the book of Daniel. It talks about it in chapter one and in chapter 10. And basically Daniel just ate all kinds of raw fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and nuts. He didn't have any meat, uh, no wine touched his lips. And for a season, he dedicated his heart and his life to God in a more concentrated kind of way. And so you could join us in that. For those of you who are bothered by the way that, you know, in Matthew six, it says to do your fasting in private. And I just kind of went public with that. Um, I'll just remind you that Jesus was talking to the Pharisees about how they tried to earn their righteousness and their favor by doing this so publicly. And you know, the early church, they, they kind of did everything together. So they knew when they were fasting. And so I just share it with you just to share, like there, there's a lot of different ways you can approach fasting. There's a lot of different ways that you can approach training in godliness. So pray about that. And, and ask God what he might have for you. Ask the Lord what he might have for your family and for your marriage as well. Okay, let's go back into the scriptures one more time because I, I think Paul really emphasized this at the end. And I just want to repeat it for us once more time. If you look one more time, if you look at the last verse in our passage for today, verse 11, this is what Paul writes. Teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. Teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. This is about as insistent as I can get. Me, me using my pointer finger as I look at the camera, repeating this verse three or four times. This is me insisting to you to embrace this invitation from God to train in godliness. I share it because I believe it. I believe the words in the scriptures. I believe that God has incredible things for each and every one of us. And I believe that if you'll press into training for godliness, it will transform your life. You will join him in transforming all things, which includes your heart, which includes your family and your marriage and your relationships and your friendships. Training in godliness is worth the work. It's worth the struggle, as it says in verse 8. And verse nine, I mean, do this 
for you. Train in godliness for you. Train in godliness for our church collectively. Train in godliness for our city and the way that we could reach and impact the greater Fort Collins area. So as I come to a close and as we prepare for all of our normal things that we do in a church service, our time of reflection, and then our time of ministry and response, let me encourage you to pray and ask God what he has for you this year when it comes to training in godliness. Many have already signed up for Holy Hustle. Many more are probably going to sign up hopefully this morning. But whatever you do, even if it's completely different than what we're doing as a church, do something, do anything to train in godliness this year. When you sign up to train in godliness, you are signing up for something with eternal significance. And that's what we want for you. That's what we want for your heart. Let's pray together.